0: This is a download from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station.
1: It's not an important result for me personally. It's an important result for the club. It's an rep- important result for the players. Um, tonight's not about me by any stretch. Um, it's it's been obviously a, an emotional few days, and um, the first person I spoke to when, when, when it kind of all happened was uh, and Ed asked me to do this role was, was Ollie to. to to almost see what he thought about it because I felt that was the right thing to do. So um, I got, I had a responsibility. I have a responsibility to, to be here, to to managing the team, and, and I take great pride in that. Um, so yeah, it wasn't about me tonight though. It was about it was about getting through. It was, it was a massive game. When you get to this stage in a group of a Champions League, and you know, it, it, it it can swing um, so easy both ways. So it was it was vital that we came in and got the right result. Uh, we managed to do that, so I'm like, You know, to to get that feeling of winning a football match for, for the players is, is 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 huge.
2: This is on the ball on BFM eighty nine point nine.
1: It's not
3: about him, says Michael Carrick after Man United's two 0 win at Villarreal. Michael Carrick being the Man United interim interim coach, if you like. It is Friday evening. Thanks for joining me, Ross. This is On The Ball with the guys. And the guys are Cam Raslan on a rare Friday appearance. Hello,
0: Cam. Hey, Ross. I'm determined to bring a bit of class to the, the Friday scene. Well, you, will s- you
3: You certainly will be injecting a bit of culture. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, <laughs> wing, side promo, etc. Um, Koglin's going to be joining us soon. But here right now is Des Corkill Hello, Des.
4: And a very nervous Dez Korkin, it must be said. Malaysia Cup semi-finals kicking off in about an hour's time. Kuala Lumpur at the Jebat Stadium in Malacca. One each. Trangano, the long trip down to Johor. Malaysia Cup final on Tuesday. But both uh, semis on a knife edge. I must confess, I am genuinely nervous.
3: Good stuff, good stuff. And, and Boyan, you, if you know if you know what you know, you should come back on the show soon. <laughs> That's if you want to win the Malaysia Cup, of course. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Um, uh, and, of course, don't forget to sort out your fantasy football teams. This season's BFM Fantasy League is brought to you by my-soccer.com. Right, we heard United's interim guy at the start, Michael Carrick uh was behind a two-nil win at Villarreal. Um good win, clean sheet, first clean sheet in fifteen, I understand.
0: Uh Cam, were you impressed? By by Manchester United? No, not at all. Uh it was the same old, same old. And Cristiano Ronaldo popping up to to save them. But it was uh it was the usual calamitous all over the place uh performance and um if Villarreal had been a little bit better, they would have won. That was terrible.
3: Bit harsh. Bit harsh. Villarreal were, were, were missing Gerard Moreno. He he literally scores most of their goals. Um, but okay, Des, we we saw a few different things. For starters, Bruno Fernandez dropped to the bench. So we had Donny van der Beek in his position. Ronaldo started on the left with Martial up top. So it was a bit different. I know what Cam meant. The first half was still the same all United, but they did improve as the game went on.
4: Uh, I think it's time to to really praise uh, David de Gea. I think of all the signings... Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Good point. Over the past, past decade, David de Here is right up there. Um, Even in United's uh, competitive periods, when they were winning titles, the here was outstanding. I remember he had a a dubious start. Um, He he let in one or two goals. He was perceived to be a a little bit lightweight. But I tell you what, this, this goalkeeper is genuine world class. It amused me immensely that Dean Henderson was perceived to be his equal last year. There is such a chasm between those two. And if you've got a goalkeeper making stupendously impossible saves routinely, and you've got a strike force like that who can capitalise on defensive errors, then you've always got a chance. But they, this wasn't particularly great, United. They've got the two goals, a gift for Ronaldo, who was a remarkable phenomenon, and, uh, and Jadon Sancho bashing one in. So everyone's going, this is great. But uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with Cam. That team should be doing one heck of a lot better than they are, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm wondering what the interim, interim, interim assistant manager stroke coach for the rest of the season until the next interim manager comes in will will have to play with. It'll be very interesting what Ralph Ragnik has to do.
3: Yeah, well, according to reports in the last 24 hours, Ralph Ragnik, who is currently Director of Sports and Development at Lokomotiv Moscow. Now, Ragnik is, is described as the godfather of German football or Gegenpressing, Pressing. He, he kind of brought Tuchel along, gave Tuchel his first job in football. I mean, we, we know a little bit about him, Gox. Um, yeah. It seems to cut the right fit, I mean, from what we've seen.
5: I, I'm i really, really impressed with what the, the Ragnick uh, appointment, if it's really true, it's confirmed, right? I think it's confirmed.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be. It's just a case of when he comes over and takes, I think United have to pay a compensation or something.
5: Yeah, but you know, like you said, he's the godfather of German, uh, the gig, the Gegenpress, right? And he's he's mentored the Tuchel and to a certain extent Klopp. So it is. I'm really impressed with United if they've gone to get him as a interim manager and eventually a director of football. I think if if that's what I'm reading right, which is a step in the right direction. Because if any manager that comes under him and he's the director of football, you have a really good team there. You know, to set up start with, with the new football that is being played these days, with the likes of the Gardolas, the clubs, and the two shells and all that. This will say that the United have a brand of football to be played. You, you, City has a style of football. Chelsea now have a style of football. Liverpool have a style of football. Regardless of the result, even if they're two little down, that style of football remains, right? They are they are dis- disciplines. They're disciples to that brand of football so they stick to it so this is what United need with the amount of players they have now like what Des was saying they should be doing far better but they don't have a brand they don't have a style of play so this is what that I think United will need if they with regnick coming in and eventually a manager in the long term
4: yeah it's, it's the interesting thing I see on that though if Rania comes in as director of football and somebody comes underneath him who's the boss it's exactly the same with Solskjaer Solskjaer did not buy Cristiano Ronaldo he did. Yeah, wood, 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 Woodward. Wood, wood, wood bought him. That's exactly. The so Scholsja yeah. was not in charge of team selection. But, so if Ralph yeah. Henry comes in, who is in charge of team selection I, I, next, year, next I, year? I
3: know. I know what you're saying, but United were in the market for a number nine, and you just don't turn down Ronaldo when he wants to come. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 you, it's,
4: you, do, you do. If your manager doesn't choose him,
3: I, yeah. But then most managers would have signed him, even if you just. You never wouldn't.
4: Because no. he didn't go to Chelsea, he didn't <laughs> go to Liverpool, he didn't go to Manchester City. Oh, no, you wouldn't consi- to to City. he wouldn't have considered
3: Liverpool, really. Come on, come on.
5: But, Des, i got to ask you this question. When Ole, when the team is down 2-0 and all that, right, is there a tactical change? Is there? Do they revert to a tactical change? Is he tactically naive? That's the question i got
4: to ask you. I'm, I'm, you not think- disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying, who's the boss? So if Pochettino yeah. comes in under Ralph Ranić, who makes the call on when to make the tactical change? But,
3: but that, that's the same with all football clubs with a director of football. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah,
4: the that's yeah. a director so of football. It's, it's just English, communication. You name me a director of football in the English league. You name me a director of football who makes the decisions. Hmm.
3: Okay. Right. Let, let's let us not spend too much time on just the one topic. Let's move on. Loads of Champions League to cover and not a lot of time. Chelsea 4, Juventus nil. Uh, Chelsea claim top spot. Uh in Group H now, uh, Thomas Tuchel, Cam Rastlan, has, has an amazing 35 wins from his first 50 games in charge of Chelsea. Now, that's German stats for you.
0: <laughs> it's remarkable. And it happens so fast. Uh, upon arrival, Like it seemed to be like it was one training session and it was immediately a, t- a Thomas Tuchel team. I wonder if Ranjit will be able to do the same thing. Is that how you pronounce it? Ragnarok. I want to say Ragnarok. I'm sure it's not. uh, Thank you. Thank you. And uh, but isn't it remarkable? And there's no let up. But Juventus were it it was it was really sad to watch Juventus. What a name. Uh, What a what a disappointing performance. No performance. Uh, But, uh, you know, Take nothing away from chelsea they're they're terrifying and if uh german style gegen pressing can arrive at uh, manchester united um like that I, i'm looking forward to christiana cristiano ronaldo doing Gagan pressing that's going to be hilarious and <laughs> <laughs> um, chelsea's uh win over juve
3: almost entirely made in cobham reese james Callum hudson odoi trevor chaloba join aged seven eight and nine, respectively. And they they all have really decent futures ahead of them. More about Chelsea later. Got to cover the the Clash of the Titans, Des Corkill Man City 2, PSG 1. Um, it was Pochettino's 8 plus 3 formation, if you know what I mean. He, he manages 8 and then there's the 3 up front. But what do you <laughs> know? Team effort of Man City <laughs> actually trumps that.
4: Uh, I'm, I'm actually delighted that uh, that um, uh, UAE beat uh, Qatar here. So this was uh, really quite 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 amusing. Um, in that you buy all the superstars in the world, fabulous, wonderful, wonderful players. But if they don't put in the work, uh, like like Ronaldo, if they don't work like a 16-year-old with the the, the passion that they really need, um, and you can get away with one, possibly two not really putting the whole effort in and not really pressing. But you can't have an 8-3, and it was an 8-3. Um, uh, you looked at the work of Manchester City. All 11 Manchester City players worked their socks off. That's the big thing about Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea. They've got 11 players who you, you will not outwork those teams. And uh, they then earned the right. PSG, their players didn't, didn't work as hard. Pochettino's trademark at Tottenham was that his players worked as hard as anybody else. And suddenly, you can understand why he's not so impressed because yeah. his team ethic is rather being destroyed by the, the wonderful superstar individuals. But football is a socialist game. It is You are only as good as your weakest person. And if, weak, if your strongest person is actually a weakness defensively, you have got a problem. Manchester City, I was thrilled that they won this Battle of the Minnows. Um, but they win it in some style. This wasn't even close. The scoreline exactly. is just close.
3: Yeah, Scholar I agree.
4: James, but this wasn't even close.
3: Yeah, yeah. 2, two, two 1 really uh, flatters PSG. Bernardo Silva did not misplace a single pass. 47 passes attempted, 47 completed, two chances created, one assist. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
5: stats. Wow.
2: That,
3: Don't you that, just look? That,
5: uh, that assist, though, what a, what a touch, though. Right? To it down. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Des up when I put him up front.
0: Uh, Actually, what, what? The thing that uh, one thing that caught my eye was would, to really follow on from what Des was saying. There was one athletic um, uh, interception uh, cut back by um, Kyle Walker, yes. but he's not a name that you you always put on your sort of like best team in the world. But he's he's the kind of he's a kind of um, he's not even a workman. I mean, he's a really talented player, and that that was a PSG lack. The, and also the philosophy to have players like Kyle Walker, who can supply um, the, the the forwards. It's but you
5: P, know, but can but PSG also was missing Virati there. I think that was a big miss yeah. for them yeah, at, yeah. At, at that point. He and does point all the pressing. Walker, <laughs> yeah, he does all the pressing. Right <laughs> enough for the whole team. Actually, <laughs> but your point about Kyle Walker, right? Is it, it was I think about the eighty-fourth minute. I saw him run up the ring, misplace a pass, and he's running back to cover. And yeah, the 84th that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, that's the difference,
3: right? Yeah. Amazing. All right, let, let, let's okay. <laughs> swiftly move on to Liverpool, who made uh, light work of this supposed group of death. 2-0 uh, win against Porto. Des, you must be happy. Jürgen got, got to rest most of the people he wanted to rest. He brought players back from injury.
4: Uh, Tyler Moore. Tyler Moore, 19 years old, central midfield. Hey. Tyler Morton, absolutely. A kid who's come through the um, through the ranks at Liverpool. Uh, he's the sixth academy player uh, pr- produced by Jurgen Klopp in his in his time at Liverpool. Like Chelsea, unlike Manchester City, there's a lot to like about this. We was we were or I was always very critical that um, all these academies were set up and there wasn't uh, the the progress through to the first team. Now we're seeing it. But the standout moment. Porto went bad, by the way. Porto could have. Taken the lead and got and and uh, in the first twenty minutes had a couple of great chances, but Tiago's goal. Wow! Have, if you've not seen it, it, it is a thing of physical beauty. It's rocket. It belongs on Cam Raslin's show. Um, a piece mm-hmm. of culture oh, been... <laughs> <laughs> a bit of culture uh, it's, it's, a,
3: it's a bit of culture but yeah mm-hmm. i mean the, the way tiago's ball just it literally it just hovered above the grass all the way oh. at the same height as, it's as awesome. amazing that's amazing stuff exactly watch it watch Wait, it can that, i, can I ask
0: on. can i ask a question about that goal though because he, it's only his second goal for um for liverpool he's not a goal scorer uh, i it looked beautiful was it mm-hmm. luck do nope. you just, just the foot just well, sort of hit the ball nicely at the right time?
3: If you hear, if you read all the stuff, Jurgen Klopp right after that said he does that in training every week. And, and it's no surprise that that it's come off in a game. But I, I think he, on, on this evidence, he needs to take more shots, quite simply. <laughs> he just, right, Gogs? <laughs> yeah, you got
5: to stop with his lateral passing and have a crack at it.
3: Exactly. He could be the answer because Liverpool have, have questions at the moment in that central midfield role, hence all, all the, I mean, with all the injuries and, and all that. But um, all right, very quickly, Europa League uh, wins for both Leicester City. Leicester were 3-1 winners against Leisure, Warsaw in Group C. They needed that. They needed that. West Ham continued their impressive uh, Europa Cup run, Europa League run in Group H. They, they've won Group H, 2 0 away win at Rapid Vienna. Spurs. Spurs came a cropper in the conference. Mura 2, Spurs 1. Des
4: Corkill, not comment on that. Just wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, they're down. It's difficult. It's a little bit um, hostile over there. They need to win. They're trying to impress a new boss. They've got themselves back in with 20 minutes to go. And then they go and lose it in injury time. Well, I, I, words sometimes fail you. Again, it's application. The other team seemed to want it more than, than Tottenham Hotspur did. Um, Deli Ali just didn't look interested. And yeah. you're you yeah. to impress your new coach. Admittedly, it's a much changed Tottenham side. But, but even so, you, uh, yeah, as with Manchester City, as you mentioned, NSPSG, if you don't win your physical battles, if you're, you're not brave enough to go out and win those one on ones, then the team will suffer, and this is this is this is a, a huge huge shock for them to lose against Moro. And um, they, they need they need to progress in this um, conference. Do I, they? Think. Do they? Do they
5: really? I was going to ask you need, that. Is it the yeah, conference you need
4: League? you need money. You need money, um, and the conference will get you into the are Europa really?
5: League. I really? I really
4: don't think Conte is going to be singling this conference. I think there are billion the dollars. Way. there are a billion pounds in debt, Tottenham.
5: Yeah. Well, it's that's basically really every
4: club. Huge. So every match day is a potential million or two million to just to, to take off that. So in a business perspective, yes, they need these home matches, and if they were to go out, it's not catastrophic. But heck, they've got to bring the income in from somewhere, and this is just devastating for, for Conte's initial team plans. Yeah.
3: All right, going into our first break, Cam, do you know where Moura are from? Where do they hail from? Slovenia. Oh, well, I googled done. it. We Slovenia. Know. Oh, and yeah, he pulled yeah. that one out <laughs> off the internet, pretty sharply.
2: <laughs> Back right yeah. after this. Son had a goal and score the beauty.
3: That's their beast into the bottom corner.
2: On the ball on BFM 89.9. Oh, that's
1: brilliant. That's a maxima. That is absolutely superb.
2: On the ball on BFM 89.9.
3: And here we all are, Cam Razlan, Descorkil and, Des and Gogolin, joining me to look forward to game week 13 in the EPL. Early kickoff on Saturday, Arsenal in fifth, taking on bottom club Newcastle United. Um, a lot of talk, Gogolin, this week. Uh, I was reading Mikel Arteta, welcome. He says he would welcome back Arsene Wenger in some capacity. And then it got me thinking a little further. If only Ole had suggested that with, with Sir Alex. And then, you know, he might have been somewhere.
5: Well, well You mean Alex wasn't welcome back? Alex has always been there, mate. He's never no, left. No,
3: no, no. Right? I mean, I mean the, the way I tried to say it, like come back in some coaching capacity and, and work with him.
5: Yeah, see, that's what I meant for SAF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, to answer your question, I, I think uh, Arsene Wenger has uh, said goodbye to Arsenal to a certain point. It's our Teta show now, and I think he's doing well. I mean, he, he has a project, you know, he said trust the process. So, like I'm sure Des will agree, we cannot be jumping at like, you know, three games, four games, and then start looking at the manager's position all of a sudden, and we're back to score <laughs> one so this way he has a project he has a process he has good players at his disposal they are coming crop yes they came across against a crop against a very very strong liverpool very very good liverpool side there last weekend but i think actually that project is on on track if you ask me and Ateta should just like himself say trust the process
3: yeah um how much how much do you reckon cam i mean the the fact that last weekend's Four 0 drubbing at Anfield against Liverpool. It 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 cut short their eight game, eight match unbeaten run. I mean, the way they lost as well. I mean, it, it was basically a stroll for Liverpool. How much of that do you reckon they'll carry into this? And I mean, they, they've now suddenly got to win this, haven't they?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, when I when I first saw this in your 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 notes for us, it said Arsenal five, Newcastle twenty, and I thought that's a big score line. I don't I don't remember that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, the 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 loss against uh, Liverpool was, was really representative of of this Arsenal. I mean, you know, they've done well, but what 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 hopes have they ever got for uh, climbing back to what they were under Arsene Wenger? They would have to get really lucky, Leicester-like lucky. With all the other teams going through transition phases, they don't have the money. They can't get the best players. They can find good players who could perhaps get. To be better, but I, I think Arsenal fans are gonna to have to start um realizing that they're kind of like um the new Everton. Uh so uh yeah, I, and I and I do hope that arsene Wenger goes and joins um Arsenal again. If because if if that can stop him talking about World <laughs> Cup in two years, i um, will be very happy.
3: Yeah, yeah, well said. Granite Jacquar, um, injured in September with a medial knee ligament. Uh, injury. Uh, it's expected back earlier than, than... He was expected out in uh, until January, but he might be back earlier than, than expected, but it, this game comes too early for him. Newcastle, of course, under new ownership. There's Corkill, uh, new manager, holed up in a hotel room. We don't know whether Eddie Howe will be in the dugout this weekend, but um, he's got a heck of a job to do because he could be cut adrift this weekend if Norwich win their game.
4: Yeah, I was listening to, to last week's show uh, on the radio and I think it was Cam who said uh, Newcastle um, score goals for fun but they concede far too many and you concede that that many, then, then there's a real problem. And this is what happened with uh, Brentford, uh, the 3-0 draw against Brentford. It was great fun, but um, you weren't sure where the defensive stability was coming from. And what, one of uh, Eddie Howe's first jobs is to actually try to make them a little bit less porous, which ironically Steve Bruce had done for the majority of his time as coach of Newcastle, and then went more attack-minded this year and got the boot for being more attack-minded. I've, I've enjoyed watching Newcastle more this year than I have for, for years, but um, uh, they are bottom of the league. There's an interesting stat. Only one team since the Premier League started, not since football started, but since the Premier League started in 1992, only one team has ever avoided relegation, having not won in their first 12 matches. Who was So it? Newcastle, uh, oh, that's a good question. Ah. <laughs> oh, I thought you had that. Sunderland, Sunderland.
1: Sunderland.
4: But Newcastle haven't won. Where's from? They are in a deep, deep relegation battle, no matter how much money is going to be poured into them in January.
3: Yeah, Arsenal have won 16 of their past 17 Premier League games against Newcastle, home and away. Eddie Howe has just taken five points from 30 available in league meetings with Arsenal. He's lost all five of his visits to the Emirates Stadium. Uh, it's the early kickoff off on, on Saturday, that one. Arsenal, fifth against Newcastle, 20. One change for Newcastle, I will mention, is Martin Dubravka will come back between the sticks so they are already going to be a lot more solid. Uh, good luck, Eddie Howe in Newcastle. 8.30pm, <laughs> kick off that one. Um, Crystal Palace, 10th against Aston Villa, 15th. Saturday, 11pm, kick off this one. We'll, we'll talk about Palace in a minute, but um, good start for the Villa, at, uh, at, um, for Gerard at the Villa, Coglan uh, last weekend. Impressive, uh, left it late. And... Um, but he's doing the right things. That now we're gonna what we're we gonna expect to see, you reckon, from this Stevie G Villa side?
5: I honestly don't know. I mean, he's come with a CV at Rangers, then he's he said he's going to promote youth and all that, and we have a great youth setup that is waiting to be promoted, actually. But you know, it's a wait and see. I, the players are there. The players are this is the same players. We need the key mistakes. Douglas Ruiz. when is Douglas Ruiz coming back? When Douglas Ruiz comes back, we will have that core of that team in, and then he will have a team to play. There's, yeah, there's, pattern, been, there's
3: been talk there's been talk of Douglas Luiz pushing for a move to Roma in January. You, you read uh, that?
5: Uh, yeah, I read that, but I don't think it'll happen. But now with the new manager and everything, yeah, he would want to stay and prove his place, especially in the English Premier League now. But I was saying that uh, it, it's, it's not going to be it's going to be a tight affair because uh, remember, Palace haven't lost at home this season yet, and uh, Villa's away last away win was only at uh, I think at Old Trafford, and everybody wins at Old Trafford these days, so that's not a big thing. A little dig
3: in there. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Crystal Palace (laughs) have been impressive. They're unbeaten in the last seven cameras. They've won two, drawn five. Nobody, none of us here. Uh, When he was first appointed, I think Des, Corkill, and I said on WhatsApp, oh, that's not going to last long. That's not going to be a happy ending.
0: (laughs) But have you been impressed, Cam? Oh, very much so. And as a uh, lifelong Crystal Palace fan (laughs) since... since maybe three months ago um i'm i'm really impressed I, I i would have joined you on on predicting doom and gloom for them and i, and I really thought they're going to get relegated i i actually thought looking at the table they were higher up than they actually are um they put in some really great performances and if you put on a scale um the quality of the the, the aston villa team and squad and the crystal palace one i'd say that aston villa actually have a better uh, a better team But it's um, it, it, it's uh, the front the front at uh, crystal palace are really great uh, spectacular surprising and uh, and patrick Vieira's done something quietly there he's, um and i, I think that uh, gerard could do the same at villa i see a resurgence from them he, uh, he's still I, I yeah. sorry i, I don't on. i don't feel negative in the same way that uh, goglan does about gerard's pro- prospects i think he'll be quite good
3: for I think for for Palace, you can see that Vieira is still fine tuning. gu-gurhi in in central defence is a young player. He's very promising. But but there's when you you've got a front three or or you're attacking. Uh, Benteke is firing. Conor Gallagher, we all, we all we know is good. Zaha, we know he's capable. They've all got four goals
4: each. Impressive start, isn't it? It's it's great. Um, it takes. Uh... It's a brave man to say that he got things wrong, but I got this one spectacularly wrong because I think Crystal Palace are, are now my second favourite team and it's based upon Vieira playing them 10 yards higher up the pitch than uh, Roy Hodgson did, playing them 30 yards higher up the pitch than Roy Hodgson ever did. <laughs> Actually uh, pressing the opposition and it comes from the back. So uh, Benteke and Conor Gallagher, they're getting the ball in danger areas. Benteke is wonderful, tiring at the far post, attacking the ball. But for, for four, well, however long he's been at Palace, he's not been getting that kind of service. Now he's getting that kind of service. And there's the result. But it's because the likes of Gwehi, who is another of the England under-20 finds, I think it's six or seven of them from that in, uh, team that won in the under-20, and a few from the under-17 World Cup winners, have now pushed themselves into top-flight football. And it's making a heck of a difference. Um, Gwehi's a, a, a terrific signing. Anderson's a... A big, ugly centre-half, which every team needs, but he can play as well. And I'm just loving the, the, the fact that they're trying to win games of football. I just calculated, I reckon that they have undeservedly lost 12 points that they should have got this, this season. Uh, so Cam's uh, perception that they were higher up the league, um, I think, is reasonable. And by my perception... If they'd have got the points they deserve from the games they played, they'd be in the top three because I've loved the way they played and I'm pretty sure they're going to get the, the results of their performances pretty soon. Starting here against Villa, big big game for Villa as well because Gerrard's made the great start. Is he able to, to, to carry it on?
3: Yeah, Crystal Palace have won five of their past six home league matches against Aston Villa, including the last three. It's an 11pm kick-off that one, Palace in 10th, Villa in 15th. Another break. See you on the other side of this. And Gallagher finds the Nets for his burst. Crystal Palace
2: goal. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Big deep breath. Salah ah! thumps it in as if he means it. On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we
3: are back. Cam Razlan, Des Korkil and Goglan joining me this Friday evening to look forward to game week 13. Of course, you can follow BFM Football on social media. Find us on Facebook and on Instagram. Liverpool in third. Take on Southampton in 13th. Saturday, 11pm kickoff.
0: Um, tell us how good Liverpool are this season, Cam. Uh, um, they're very good. Uh, They have some wonderful players and they have a style of playing and uh, they're all in on the plan. And uh, one thing that struck me about watching them is uh, Jordan Henderson. Uh, You have uh, you need a Jordan We don't need but it's really good to have a Jordan Henderson and a Milner a short while ago to be a kind of foot soldier for uh, the plan. You can't just have a a team made up of um, 11 Lionel Messi's and. It it's that kind of bedrock and that supply, and the philosophy that Klopp has brought that requires those kinds of players. Um, So even though they're processing these new talents all the time, um, having that that sensible, um, athletic. rock in the middle, I think is really important. So, yeah, I, I think Liverpool have been magnificent. I don't think they're going to win because Africa Cup Nations is going to take away their two best players. Hmm. Hmm.
3: Yeah, that's coming up. Well, speaking of Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson, Andy Robertson, James Milner all appeared from the bench, all coming back from injury in midweek. Klopp actually rested, re-energised, recuperated his players. Van Dijk didn't play. Trent had a night off. So did Diego Jota. You'd expect them all to come back against uh, Liverpool's uh, feeder team this weekend. There's corkill Actually, yeah, the, uh, actually, the, the old feeder team. I, I would say Wolves is new. At least the
4: new one. Oh, you,
1: you
4: Red Bull Salzburg, because there's, oh, uh, there's quite Bulls a few. So there's quite a few. But um, Southampton are one of those teams. They can go and lose to Norwich as they did, but they're good enough to draw at Manchester City. Uh, they'll be competitive. Uh, on most occasions, so this this certainly is not a a gimme. Liverpool have to show the same aptitude and pressing now and finishing that they showed against um, Arsenal last week, where I think everyone is talking about how poor Arsenal were. I'd just rather say that Liverpool, their pressing was just astonishing. Just astonishing. Uh, The second goal is down as as a a dreadful error, which it is, but it's only because he's being swarmed by five red shirts. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so Liverpool's, Liverpool, if they get their attitude right as they did, and a lot of that comes down to the midfield. So Alex Oxlade Chamberlain has been getting a couple of starts. And uh, against Brighton, he was perceived to be the player who um, Brighton played around. They man marked Henderson, interestingly, when Brighton got the two all draw at Anfield, man marked Henderson and played around Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain came up good against Arsenal with his most impressive start. for three or four years for Liverpool. So it all depends, that the Liverpool way, all depends on how impressive their midfield can be. Yes, you've got the solid de- um, defence. Yes, you've got the goal-scoring prowess of Mane and Salah. But if Liverpool lose out in midfield, they're vulnerable. So that's that's where Southampton can press because James Ward-Prowse is a, a super little player. I uh, like him very, very much. So this is not a gimme for Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination, although it could end up 4-0 as well.
3: I was going to say, I was going to say even more, uh, Goglin, will, will this be the annual 9 nil Shaliking at Southampton Experience? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sage. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Andy Pandas, if you're listening. <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, to answer your question, I do I, I think I'm agreeing with Dest. It's it's gonna be a tight affair because this is what uh Southampton will do after watching. I mean, no, sorry, 9 0 <laughs> aside, Southampton have settled on Hassan
3: Huttle. He's a good coach, they realize that, and, and that stabilizes the club, doesn't
5: it? Exactly. But even if you ask an author and you look at what happened in the last weekend, what kind of team are you going to put out against this Liverpool side who, like you said, have going to bring back rested players, right? What kind of formation are you going to do? You're going to go to try to stifle them because they're going to be start pressing you. So you're going to try to stifle them in midfield and you're going to start to flood the midfield. And hit them on the counter, which is the only option you'll have. And these are teams that are going to sit down and be, you know, very hard to break. You know, right? Against uh, teams like Liverpool and especially City and all that, and teams like Liverpool and City have found it hard against teams like Burnley and the Southamptons who know when they go to Anfield and to Etihad that they cannot attack. Arsenal went and attacked, and look what happened, mm. right? So these guys are going to sit down. They're going to sit. They're going to wait for them, and they're going to pre- wait for the press and play around the press and try to hit them on the counter.
3: The Reds are unbeaten at home in the Premier League this season. Three wins, three draws from their six. Uh, Liverpool have won seven of the past eight Premier League matches against Southampton, the exception that 1-0 away loss in January. It is uh, 11pm, kick-off that one. Liverpool third, Southampton 13th. Moving on to Burnley, 18th against Tottenham in 7th. Uh, it's Sunday 10 p.m. This one we we heard, uh, well, we mentioned briefly, Cam, that Tottenham lost in the Europa conference. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a changed team that Conte will put out in, in this one, but um, what, what are your thoughts so far? I mean, it's early days, Conte at Spurs, but um, will it work? Yeah, doomed to
0: fail. Uh, I mean, I don't know, is bringing enthusiasm, that's his kind of uh, style and I extra would thought,
3: hair as
0: well <laughs> i you know i would have thought that that would be precisely what the dressing room needs um but i'm not sure if they're actually reacting to it what the sideline um shouting from conte but oh god that last that last uh, result in europe was just absolutely shameful and you would hope for a reaction. But Burnley have actually been really playing very well the last uh, few weeks. They're, they're improving. And, and I think that if there's one team down the bottom that has a chance of getting out, I would, I would say Burnley could be it. So this could be really interesting. I, would, I could see a Burnley win on this and, and the, the despair at Tottenham getting even worse. I think there's room for it to actually get worse at Tottenham.
3: Ooh, ooh, possible, possible shocker of the weekend. Burnley, Um, 18th, third from bottom at the moment. Des, I mean, if you're a Burnley fan, it you could quite rightly say I'd pay money to watch Maxwell Cornet play. He is, he's the standout player. I mean, he's only been there, what? he's only played seven or eight games, but he scores some nice goals, doesn't he? He's good. He's,
4: he's not a Burnley-type player. What's going on? I must confess, I'm not a Burnley fan. And uh, if there's a match at the weekend, whenever Burnley are on, it's probably the one that I am least likely to watch, unless it, it's against my team. Um, I find them um, stifling. I find they, yeah, Kornay apart, apart, uh, scored, scored some nice goals. But um, I just don't like, I just don't like their attitude, which is to not lose. Maybe it's changed a little bit this year. Maybe. Maybe the introduction of Corney and a little bit of um, uh, joie de Vivre has, has, has helped them going forward. But uh, uh, Burnley's the wrong topic for me, I, I, I feel, Ross, because um, <laughs> the, the, the whole dice the whole thing, it's all so negative. And I, I know Craig and I regularly have this um, uh, argument that, uh, oh, well, he's getting the results. Well, I, I argue that he's getting £150 million pounds, uh, and, and you should be producing better entertainment. Maybe Cornet, uh helps that, but... Um, I'm I'm not going to be tuning into this one. Sorry,
3: Maxwell Corne is Burnley's leading scorer with five goals um, this season. Burnley have one win, three draws, two losses at home. Uh, they've not started the Premier League well. Um, I, I, I guess good Goggs, would, would you? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Spurs, or, or are you agreeing with Cam that Burnley can upset them here?
5: Uh, I think, with like I said, the Conte project, again, is it's it's well underway and Spurs and I I mean, what is Burnley's purpose? I mean, again, I, I agree with Des that stifling football is not something that I'll be sitting down and watching. Every team, even Bournemouth had a style of play when they were around, you know, it was an attacking, you know, they, they went at teams, they allowed teams to play. What is Burnley's uh, game plan? They have a style of play, which is, you know, I wouldn't even call it a style it's anti-football to a certain point, but like, you see, like Craig says, so it, it gets them results, so I, they are where they are. So yes, they will go out and do that, but I think Conte is smarter enough to you know put his sp- uh, spurs out to play around them and get the result.
3: Is Sean Dice just a boring
0: Sam Allardyce? <laughs> 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 answers
5: you answers on the an
0: envelope. Look, you <laughs> people, uh, you Big B sick, you're, you're like <laughs> elitists, okay? Burnley, I don't know, I don't even know where Burnley is on the map i don't even know where lancashire on is on the map <laughs> but anyway my the point i'm gonna make is that that stadium whenever i watch them i think that stadium's a really nice looking stadium but it's a small stadium it's a small town um compared to the likes of birmingham or liverpool or manchester he's kept burnley up for the last how many years now uh yeah yeah I know what you mean how yeah. many years yeah i don't know on a budget, i don't know I don't know what the wage bill is there but the, they've done extremely well and they not have every bigger
4: team, wage bill in Stuttgart or any of the second layer
0: top. He's um, not playing in the Bundesliga. He's in the Premier League <laughs> and every team can Look, not every team can or should play like Brazil 1970 or I'm Barcelona under Johan Cruyff. You 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 do what you have to do, and he does very well. And he's quite stylish. When he really turns it on, that that team can be quite stylish. And, and maybe with the introduction
3: of Max O'Connor, Sean Dyche is trying to morph into a, a more exciting manager. We live in hope. It's a game Dez won't be watching. Burnley 18th, Tottenham 7, Sunday, 10 p.m. kickoff. Final break, then. Back right after this.
2: Just listen
3: to Turf Moor. Burnley's stadium and their season bursts into life.
2: This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. That is a screamer from Phil Boden. They are fitting away. On the ball on BFM 89.9.
3: Welcome yeah. back. Uh, it's uh, Friday evenings on the ball with Cam Razlan, with Des Corkel, with Gogolin. We're looking at Man City in second against West Ham in fourth. It's a Sunday 10 p.m. kickoff. Uh, the Hammers, of course, riding high this season, Cam, are also through to the knockout rounds of the Europa League. So all is going well with David Moist. They had a bit of a blip last weekend uh probably their worst performance so far but do you expect yeah. them to be a handful
0: uh yeah i mean if they carry over their european form they were absolutely completely dominant against uh rapid vienna wasn't it and yeah uh it was just a chasm one of uh Des's favorite words and i yeah if they can if they if they have refound their form strange blip if if it was a blip Um, I guess every team has one, and uh, yeah, I really do hope so, because they were just fantastic in Europe, and um, yeah, I'd like to see them. I think they they can get it together. Uh, I don't know, but I'm really enjoying West Ham these days.
3: West Ham United's midfield, Des Corkill is going to be better than the PSG midfield that Man City faced in midweek.
4: Certainly going to be harder working. Uh, Declan Rice has, has, has really established himself. but Thomas Suchek has been quietly effective alongside him, but also the wing backs getting up in support. Uh, I've, I've always been a fan of Cresswell. He's, he's a, a Merseyside lad, so I, I keep half an eye on, on what the Merseyside lads are doing. And uh, Cresswell's had a, a terrific time. And of course, Antonio up front has um, invented himself as. as are really difficult to play number nine, surrounded by the likes of Bowen, who can, who are getting forward. So they're, they're playing Burnley-esque, but trying to win games. So they sit back, they soak up pressure, and then they sting. And Suchek adds uh, aerial prowess, and they've got uh, set-piece set piece prowess as well. But they've got some big games coming up. After Man City, they've got Brighton, and then they play Chelsea. So I think we will find out if their win against, oh, sorry, their defeat against Wolves last week is a blip or whether or not they are genuine contenders over the next uh, two or three weeks. Um, Crucial time. They got the win over Liverpool, which was fabulous. The international break uh, came at the wrong time for them. Then they had that defeat uh, of Wolves. This, to me, is a big game. If they get a result, even if they perform really admirably and push Manchester City all the way, I think we can look on this West Ham team as being genuine Champions League contenders. But then they have to follow it up against West Ham and Chelsea.
3: Yeah, the, the city side starting to click in gear now. And and a lot every week we say they're still doing it without a number nine, but Gerald Jesus, when he comes in, he does the job, Gogs. Um yeah. hard to see past a city win, really, if you're looking at stats, but this hammer side can cause
5: problems. Yeah, definitely. I I think this is just astounding one-one or two all the draw. Oh, really? City are not, yeah, City are not going to have it all their way. This is, a, like we just said, a resurgence uh, West Ham who have got a really, really strong midfield, and you know, they will be up for it, especially against City who have uh, coming back from Europe. You know, you got to watch that European uh, hangover for a bit, even though they won. You know, it's still, it's still a game, an extra game for them, and I don't think uh, West Ham also have had an extra game actually it. But yeah, I'm calling it a draw at this one actually.
3: Both teams have won four of their last six matches. City have drawn one, lost one. Hammers have won four, lost two. So they both are capable. And as I said, Hammers come into this game in fourth. Uh, it's, it's a pivotal game for them at this time of the season. It's Sunday, 10 p.m. We suggest you do not miss that one. Man City against West Ham United. Also, don't miss the soap opera that is Man United. This week's episode comes to you early Monday morning at half past 12. Uh, we understand it's still going to be Michael Carrick leading United out. Um, again, is he going to make big decisions? Uh, is it going to be the same old football? What do you reckon, Cam? This is pra- premier opposition they're up against, Tuchel's Chelsea.
0: Yeah, um, this will the, the be the last, uh, the last match before, I think, what's going to be a new era. And uh, you're a Man United fan. And uh, and I think you and I used to watch Doctor Who back in the day. And it was very scary. <laughs> and you'd, you'd watch it from behind the sofa and you'd like, oh, I can't, you can't watch. It's going to be like that with uh, Chelsea. Um, Manchester United is going to be absolutely ripped to pieces. Chelsea are fantastic. Are very, really together. They have... um. They have a kind of almost casual ruthlessness about them. It's like under Mourinho, he he likes to show off the ruthlessness. This is like, this is just what they do, but uh, Man United are an absolute mess. They might want to, some of their players might want to try to show up and show off, but it's going to be a bunch of individuals. Once again, it's going to be a disaster. It'll be fun
3: amazingly man united have a pretty good record against chelsea i think they're undefeated in the last five in fact united are unbeaten in their last 11 away games in london they've won seven drawn oh, clutching, four. At so <laughs>
0: clutching at straws just <laughs> so sweet
3: clutching at straws what what you reckon des are, are you leaning with cam is, is this going to be a mauling or are we going to see players now the man united players stand up and and you know take some responsibility
4: the last two huge matches United have had against Liverpool and Manchester City, they didn't turn up. No. Uh, that was under Solskjaer's time. I think the players have got to take that responsibility. Um, Carrick is under no pressure whatsoever because he knows he's lost the job. So go on, uh, Carrick. Go and give your best and get sacked tomorrow. But um, so, so Carrick, uh, he can make brave decisions. Um, and I think these Man United players will turn up an early goal for Chelsea and this becomes a demolition job. If United hold on till half-time, I think United are good enough with the players they've got to actually get something out of this. I also think this is important for Manchester United if they have top four Champions League pretensions. No matter who comes in, they can't go losing badly again so soon off the back of Manchester City and Liverpool defeats. So I think it is all guns blazing for Manchester United. Uh, a, A draw certainly... Not beyond them, a winner possibility, but I, I can see them getting something out of Chelsea. Uh, although they're going to have to be at their very, very best.
3: Well, Chelsea are desperately waiting for good news on Ben Chilwell. Uh, he was forced off in in the UV win. He's got a suspected ACL damage, uh, which isn't good. They're looking. They're, they're even talking uh, he might not play for the rest of the season, which is a shame. Because he's taken over from Marcos Alonso and, and he's been coming up with the good scogs, uh, assists, goals, spectacular goals.
5: Yeah, it's always sad to hear of ECL, uh, especially on a
3: player who's Yeah, horrible. Just the the right. reading about it, you just go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: right? Uh, you can even feel that pain, and I, yeah, it's definitely if it's if it's an ACL thing, it's definitely out for the season though. But back to what Dez was saying, yes, I agree completely that this is United side that is completely going to be reinvigorated, going to be playing for the new boss who will probably be in the stands or whatever watching. there will be like an audition for places, and they it will be a, there will be a fire to play, you know, and they are not they cannot get tonked again by Premier opposition again. It it, it just cannot happen for United, you know, I might sound like an elitist, yes, but the brand will not allow it right to get tonked again and again and again. So, yes, I I agree completely with Des that they will be up for it. A draw might be a thing or even a win, if you ask me.
3: Yeah. Uh, Another tonking would mean the share price is dropping on the NYSE on Monday. And exactly, (laughs) yeah, that's no good. That's no good. Um, All right. Uh, Talk of Ragni coming in as interim coach. And there's also talk of Pochettino being the long-term Pochettino. You can understand, actually, Cam, why why he would want to leave. Uh, He's managing world-class players, we we know, uh, at PSG. But we've mentioned it's an 8-3 formation. You don't get any work from the front three. And then it's, can you imagine the other eight thinking, oh, my God, those privileged elitist teammates of ours.
0: uh because I, I i'm a man of the people you see and uh, <laughs> not not like des cork hill um so yeah no i think it's good i actually um think it could be a dream team you have uh Rang at first and then he would progress up to a kind of director of football position perhaps although it's would he's a, a consultant it's a yeah. bit vague because he really is a director of football and hasn't he done a good job and um with Pochettino, and I, th- I could see the two of them working together to quite well. They about, they have the same ethos of heart, you know, uh, real work rate, and um, and finding the team to make that happen. And I would see the likes of Sancho um, uh, coming forward, Van der Beek coming forward. These is this, they're kind of the future, instead of this nostalgia industry. Uh, oh, let's get Ronaldo and be happy for a few days. No. It, you know, people talk about the DNA or you need Manchester United DNA. That's rubbish. When F- Alex Ferguson arrived at Manchester United, he didn't have any Manchester United DNA. He created the DNA. You're not talking about buying into a Sir Alex Ferguson DNA. And so I think, I think it's time to reinvent. And and I think that good uh, times could be ahead. Far Jayden, ahead.
3: Yeah. Jadon Sancho put in his best performance for United in a United shirt. Because he was played on the right. Surprisingly, Ole always played him on the left. And neither Ole nor Michael Carrick, both of them don't seem to trust Van Der Beek in the double pivot. So, which I'm quite surprised. I think that's where he's best used. All right. That one is uh, Monday, half past midnight, Chelsea against Man United. It could get ugly, United fans. Just beware. Social media could be... Dangerous next week. (laughs) Elsewhere, games we didn't mention. We'll give it a quick mention. Norwich against Wolves. Uh, Dean Smith, Gogs going for a second win, right? I mean, they, they they could pull away from Newcastle with a win here.
5: I think you catch up to your Villa. That's what it is. not worry about Newcastle mate. <laughs> Brighton I think, against I think, Le- I think that yeah, I think there's like a Villa on the way to you know, Norwich in, in a couple of games. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that
3: should be interesting. Brighton against Leeds United, uh, you've got Brentford Everton, um Leicester against Watford is Claudio Ranieri returning uh, to the scene of triumph of 2016, Cam Uh, Because he, he never went there as Fulham manager. He was sacked before all that happened. He's been to five clubs since. And and things aren't going well for Brendan Rodgers at Leicester.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, stranger, they did well in Europe, um, and that would be very good for them. They did very well, actually. Uh, and so perhaps they could uh, follow up on that. I, I can't see uh, this slump continuing, but it does happen with Brendan Rogers teams, though. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, Ran- Ranieri going back. Um, hasn't he, hasn't he, hasn't he actually been the manager of every team in the premier league at some point? <laughs> uh, I mean, he may even be the manager now, but you didn't even know it. So I'm not sure, but, uh, I, ho- I hope less to get it together.
3: That's about it. I think we're out of time. So Cam, I'm going to say thanks to you. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to Gogolin.
5: Cheers, boys. Have a good and, weekend.
3: Yeah, yeah. A good, good weekend. And, and Malaysia Cup, once again, Des Corkill, uh, who's going to be the two in the final for you?
4: Well, I've got, um, I've got a, a passion for Kuala Lumpur, uh, Kuala Lumpur City this season because of our relationship with uh, Stanley Bernard, um, a, a good friend of mine and a good friend of the shows. So he's done a great job as CEO, and KL are chasing their first Malaysia Cup final uh, since, since they won it, I think, in uh, 1989. Uh, which was before was my there. time here. You were there at Medeca Stadium. But they're at Malacca, and Malacca are a very, very useful side. So that is going to be very, very scary. And then Tringanu, who plays some lovely football, they're down on a beautiful pitch down at Johor. It's one each. Away goals do count in this, so uh, Tringanu needs to score, but they're capable of uh, maybe providing an upset. But I uh, would imagine Malacca will push through and uh, Johor will get through. So Malacca Johor final. I hope not. <laughs> But uh, that's what I'm predicting, in public anyway.
3: There you go, everybody. Have a great weekend. I'll speak to you on Monday. Bye now.
2: Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. people are the pitch. They think it's all
1: over. It is now. its
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast.